This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Ply Rock. Before we get started, I just want to thank everybody who tuned in for episode one. We have made it to episode two. Make sure you hit that like, that share, that follow. You can find us live on Facebook.com slash The Plymouth Rock Gaming. Also on Twitter at PLY underscore rock underscore gamer and Instagram PLY underscore rock underscore gamer. We come to you live weekly, four to five nights a week around 9, 9.30 p.m. for the best games. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. And I so want you to join us. Now let's get this started. What's up, everybody? It's Ply Rock. Thank you so much for joining us last week. That was my first attempt at a podcast. Thought it went pretty well. And now we're back for round two. By the way, while we're on the subject of thank yous, I want to thank the entire Ply Rock Nation for making our live stream last Friday and Monday one of the top live streams on Facebook in Connecticut. Facebook notified me the next day, and that was totally awesome. So thank you so much to everybody who stopped in, who liked, who commented, who shared. You know, all around, just you guys just feed me energy, dude. It's totally awesome. I couldn't have, have dreamed how awesome this is becoming. It's because of you guys. You guys are the best. So Ply did it. It took o- almost 80 hours. I was up till 4 in the morning. I cried like a man baby. I had that ugly man cry going on. But Ply beat Red Dead Redemption 2. It was awesome. It was probably one of the most moving endings ever in a video game. For me, anyway. Right up there with Halo Reach, uh, which probably was the only other... Even though I'm not a huge Halo fan, which is weird, but... It made me totally... Had that ugly man cry going on. Couldn't help it. Fantastic video game, though. And now I'm in the... There's a, there's no surprise here. I'm in an epilogue in the game. So, if you guys haven't picked up Red Dead Redemption 2 yet, if you even thinking slightly about playing the game, do yourself a favor. There is no better value at $60 than the 80-hour adventure that I just went on. And I'm only like 65% through the entire single-player game of what it has to offer with the side missions and everything. I'm just specifically talking the main story. It was unbelievable. And it was poetic. So I don't think it's too early to talk about some of the things that happened in Red Dead Redemption up to up through Chapter 6. I won't get into the epilogue too much yet because I'm, I'm still a couple hours into that. But if you are not interested in hearing the ending to Red Dead Redemption and, and just reflecting on it a little bit, you know, now's the time to pause, go beat the game, come back, catch up on Fly Rock Nation. So basically, at the end of Chapter 6, uh, Arthur Morgan, uh, or actually the beginning of Chapter 6, he ends up getting tuberculosis because of a mission you had done earlier in the game, uh, some loan shark collecting from uh, for the... Um, the German character in your camp. And the gentleman that you're collecting money from is sick. 
and he coughs blood on you while you're beating on him <laughs> to take the 20 bucks from him. And Arthur contracts tuberculosis, which is obviously a death sentence in 1899. So for the rest of the game, he starts to get sick. He starts to cough a little bit. It gets worse and worse and worse to the end where he is completely debilitated. Now, there are four endings to the game, depending on how you play it within the honorable system. Um, I won't get too much into the other endings that I did not see, even though I know what they are. I will tell you that the ending that you're going to get uh, is, I think, predicated on the animal that you see in Arthur's uh, flashbacks and um, journal entries. So if you're seeing a particular animal, you are on your way to that particular ending. My animal was the elk. I kept seeing an elk. So there's a wolf. Uh, I think there's a few other ones. And um, so when he, excuse me, ends up, um, coming to the end, obviously the gang's falling apart, uh, and there's Micah. It's always Micah. I hated Micah since the beginning. I mean, I know we're supposed to hate Micah, but I, like, legit hated Micah. So, for him, for it to come down to Arthur and Micah is no shocker. Uh, the way it happened with us, me, you know, the, the Pinkertons are closing in. I'm helping John get away because that's the decision I made because Red Dead Redemption is my favorite game and I can't let uh, John and Abigail and Jack not get out of there. And um, it comes down to a massive fist fight between Micah and myself and Arthur screaming at him. He's, you know, come on, Micah, be a man. (laughs) Hit me, you son of a bitch, you know. And um, ends up Dutch is standing in the middle of him. Can't make a decision because he's a flake. He walks away from both of us. Uh, Micah runs away, and my character, Arthur, dies at the top of a mountain, staring at a sunset, just smiling, knowing that John and Abigail and Jack got away. And this was after I had to say goodbye to my horse, which sucked. I never thought I'd shed a tear over a video game horse. Don't tell anybody I said that. So, all in all... Um, the experience was fantastic. The epilogue, I'm enjoying the epilogue. I know some people have complained that the epilogue is nothing but fan service. I don't care. I'm a massive fan of Red Dead. Good. They should give me fan service. I spent 60 bucks on the game. I'll take some fan service, dude. It's all good. So that's been fantastic. And uh, and we're going to get Red Dead Online pretty soon, in the next week or two. So they're starting to leak out some information about it. We saw some first screenshots on the internet. Um, I think it's going to be sick. I love Red Dead, so they're sucking me right in, man. was not a huge fan of Grand Theft Auto Online. Uh, I did beat Grand Theft Auto 5. I enjoyed the story. I didn't like the online. I didn't like the long mode times. I did not like the uh, party system in it. It was very hard, I thought, to play with friends always getting kicked out of lobbies and put in other places in the city. I thought that was a nightmare. Hopefully they fix those problems. And Red Dead is going to be a place that we're going to hang out and have a great time for uh, hopefully years to come. So that's Red Dead. Uh, It doesn't get any better of a video game than that. I mean, it, it would be absolutely perfect if the fast travel, like I'd said last week was better. And the, um, Controls were a little bit smoother, but, I mean, people, we can't complain about 
what was delivered to us with some of the schlock that comes out and they pass off as AAA titles for Rockstar to take their time, take eight years and pull off something like that was absolutely fantastic. So make sure you guys pick it up. Or if you're not interested in pick it up, it might even be worth just sending uh, Rockstar a thank you email for their effort in uh, doing that. So that is Red Dead 2. After the longest update ever in the history of PlayStation for Call of Duty, we finally got it to work the other night on the show, if you guys are watching. That's why I was so late, because I turned on my PlayStation, and it was just updating and updating and updating for this Nuketown map. (laughs) I find it hilarious. That Nuketown, everybody gets worked up over Nuketown. It's been in Call of Duty since I was diapers. Like, every, every Call of Duty game that's made by Treyarch, here comes Nuketown. But it was a good time. I mean, it's the same thing. They just keep reskinning it. They keep redressing it up. This time it's a snowy-covered Russian facility. And uh, But we were playing it the other night on the show. We were having a great time. I want to spend a special shout-out to my man Mikey from Florida who joined us on the show on Friday night. We had a great time playing Nuketown. It was great to catch up with him. He's a great dude. He's a great supporter of the show. And uh, we had a blast playing. And, you know, Mikey kind of twisted my arm a little bit. He's like, hey, let's play a little hardcore. Nah, nah, nah. I don't want to play hardcore. Come on, let's play it. Let's play it. All right, fine. We'll get into a little hardcore. Ended up having uh, an unbelievable game. We won like four or five games in a row. I got a seven kill streak. I'm like, I guess this hardcore is starting to kind of grow on me. Because if you like, if you basically blow on somebody, they fall over in hardcore. So that was a really good time. Call of Duty still, um, still doing well. I'm still enjoying it. This is the first Call of Duty in a few years that I didn't put down after a few weeks, you know. And I just keep playing it, and uh, it's 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 in good hands with Treyarch. They did a good job this time. I was not a huge fan of Call of Duty Three, but um, excuse me, Black Ops Three. But this one is. Much, much better. Even though there's no single-player story. How weird is that? So, um, we're going to continue to play it on the show. uh, And Red Dead Online once that hits next week. But uh, Call of Duty, the blackout mode is fantastic. Zombies is fantastic. The multiplayer is fantastic. The specialist HQ sucks. So, if you don't have to, stay away from that. But everything else is top-notch. They know what they're doing. Um, They haven't screwed anything up yet. Weapons are pretty balanced. Game's pretty fun. <laughs> you get into the wrong lobby, you know it. You go into the next lobby, you'll be okay. So, Plyrock highly recommends Call of Duty Black Ops 4. If you want to check it out, just come by the show. We're on Mondays uh, mon- during the week, Monday through Friday, generally from 9 to 9.30 at night. We go until about 11.30, 12 o'clock, and we have a great time. So, if you just want to check out Call of Duty or even Red Dead, see if you're even thinking about buying it. Swing by the show, say hi. Let me know you came by through the podcast so I know some of this stuff actually works. And uh, we'll uh, catch you later.
So this is pretty unbelievable. Uh, I just heard about this yesterday, and this is pretty shocking. So I've been a huge fan, uh, look forward to it every year. One of my highlights, it's like our video game Super Bowl, is the E3 conference in June with Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony. And yesterday, the news broke that Sony is skipping E3 for the first time in 24 years. Like, what? What are they doing? I mean, I'm not watching E3 now. You know, to be honest with you, I always would just watch it for Microsoft, uh, excuse me, for Sony's E3 conference. Even though, because I was there for Sony, I would then watch Microsoft's to compare. And uh, they canceled it, which is pretty shocking. And I'm not sure why. I've been thinking about it. And maybe because PlayStation 5 isn't quite ready yet, they don't want to show off anything for PlayStation 5. They don't want to let anything out or what's going on with the next PlayStation, which is supposedly going to come out in 2020 at Christmas time. So get your wallets ready for that, but it's not, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing left in the tank for PlayStation 4 that we haven't already seen. I mean, we got Days Gone coming, which looks fantastic, even though it's delayed, been delayed a few times. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. I, I want to know what you guys think. So send me a comment uh, on the Facebook page. Let me know why you think Sony is skipping E3. So... I'm just guessing it has to do with PlayStation 5. I mean, there's no other... But that's crazy. I mean, usually you show off the console a year before and say, hey, this is coming next year, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at some of the news articles, like from Forbes. Forbes is asking, you know, a gentleman named Paul Tassi wrote the article, why exactly is Sony skipping for the first time? And I've read through the article just to see what their take was on it. And it looks like, you know, The Last of Us 2 is probably the last, you know, uh, big title for the PS4. And the guy's saying it's weird news, but it's not totally nonsensical move for Sony with the industry the way it is right now. I think it's nonsensical. I don't agree with that. We'll see how E3's relevance maintains itself in the future. I mean, if Sony pulls out, E3 is not dead, but I mean... Let's face it, if Sony pulls out, they could have E3 in my basement. You know what I mean? They'll fit they'll fit everybody there. So I'm not sure. I mean, I guess that gives Microsoft a golden opportunity, though. I mean, you don't ever want to give up ground where you are and allow your competitor to just run roughshod. I mean, Microsoft just recently, just a few days ago, I heard they bought another couple of uh, first-party studios to work on exclusives because like I said last week on this podcast the biggest gripe I have of Microsoft is not that I don't like the Xbox One I do like the Xbox One there's nothing to play on it for me I mean Sony takes care of pretty much all my quote unquote video game needs the exclusives are there my favorite games are there my favorite characters are there I'm used to their UI most of my friends are there I do have friends on the Xbox but there's nothing on Xbox that just want just going to draw me in and make me want to spend money and play on it. But now Microsoft said, okay, we're going to win E3, and we're going to look great, and people are going to watch it. 
because there's nothing to compare to. Nintendo's been there too, but Nintendo hasn't really had that standout conference in a long time. They usually do that weird sideshow, you know, in the afternoon. So I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it's a good move. I'm, I'm curious to see what Plyrock Nation thinks. I think they should be there. I mean, what do you spend? You know, you have you have a, a marketing budget. They you put on a good show. Throw out one or two titles that you're gonna debut for the year. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in it to be honest. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of this year's Sony E3 conference, I I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was okay. They showed some great games. I mean, I I I, de- I definitely it worked because I bought them and I played them, but. It didn't have that wow. There was no extra surprise. So maybe they just, they're done. Maybe they're just, you know, they're going to do something else. So like I said, send the comment. Let me know what you guys think. It's just uh, pretty heartbreaking at this point that they would pull out of what used to be my favorite video game day of the year. show though i want to send my condolences out to we lost a absolute artistic magician this past week in stan lee and even though i wasn't i was a huge marvel fan when i was a kid i since turned into a dc fan when i was a little older but to lose such an iconic uh creator who has created so many great stories great characters and great memories for so many people around the world and all the good works he did and the life he lived and man, he lived a life to go to 95 years old and spread that much joy to people around the world. And for him to be able to live and see what his empire, it was an empire. Marvel became an empire turned into is an absolute blessing. So thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Um, and as I know his wife had died the year before, what a great man, and uh, Stan Lee will be missed greatly. All right, everybody, it is time for our top fives. Now, Ply put up this top five of the week, and since it is coming up to Thanksgiving, and I won't be back on this podcast until after I've eaten too much and taken too many naps. I put up foods that Ply loves for Thanksgiving, and you guys responded. So let's go over on my top five. Believe it or not, number five, I actually don't like green beans. If there's one vegetable that I turn into Popeye and I don't want to eat, it's green beans. But for some reason, when you put green beans together with all that other mushy crap that turns it and the onion things on top, those little onion thingies, and it becomes green bean casserole. I could devour it, dude. Green bean casserole done right is one of my top five favorite Thanksgiving foods, as weird as that is. Number four, I like a hot, fresh piece of bread from the oven 
the biscuits, the rolls, the Pillsbury Doughboy can that pops and everybody's always afraid to open. When they're fresh out of the oven, those croissants or those rolls with some unbelievably soft butter that just melts around them, that was my number four. I hope you're not getting hungry while you're driving or listening to this. I'm starving right now. It's late on a Saturday night. Number three, pecan pie. I know people like apple pie. I know people like pumpkin pie. I know people like poontang pie. But pecan pie is the best pie for pie. Number two is stuffing. Uh, Dude, I love stuffing. I've had family members make stuffing with like sausage in it and stuff too. Inside the turkey, (laughs) which is like amazing. It's crazy. It's like a chimera turkey, dude. It's fantastic. Stuffing's fantastic. Even stovetop stuffing, I'll deal with if I have to. It's pretty good. But homemade stuffing is number two. And number one, and this is what caused kind of a controversy on the uh, on the chat here, was I said honey glaze ham. I said, yeah, I'm a rebel. I'm not a big fan of turkey. I don't order turkey sandwiches at Subway. I don't buy turkey from the deli at the grocery store. I never choose it, and I don't like it on on Thanksgiving. I don't hate it on Thanksgiving. I mean, if I got to eat it, I got to eat it. But honey glazed ham, and oh my goodness, it just turned into team turkey, team team turkey, (laughs) team turkey, and team ham in the chat. It was insane. So. Of course, my man Mikey, who we played with Friday night on Friday night, he jumps in. He's got cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie with whipped cream. His number three is ham. So he's on team ham with me. His number two is some 50-50 eggnog, because you can start drinking eggnog now, right? Dairy Farm Arnold Palmer. So he went right down to the brand of eggnog, like he wasn't messing around. And number one, pumpkin spice Jameson. When you're dealing with that many family members, sometime that's good. You got you got to pull out the Jameson. So the team ham started, and then of course Daniela Flame jumps in. She hammering out cranberry sauce rolls. Everybody loves the rolls. Stuffing, mashed potatoes with the skins. I do. You know what? I'm gonna have to agree with you. With the skins, that's better. It's it's probably where all the nutrients is anyway, right? And the number one here comes our first turkey. She got the turkey. And then my man Steamboat, he got to jump in. He's trying to vote turkey all over the place. He's got turkey on like 19 different comments. I'm like, dude, you can only vote turkey once. Like, what are you doing with all this illegal voting? (laughs) Turkey, turkey, turkey. No, no, no. You only get one turkey. Mashed potatoes, stuffing. So, and then it was just comment after comment about turkey and ham. So, I know ham's more of a Christmas thing. It's more of a holiday thing. I don't care. I could eat honey glazed ham every day. Pyrox's favorite food of like all time is pretty much honey glazed ham. So you can take it to the bank. Honey glazed ham wins over Team Turkey any day of the week. Although the final tally on the chat was a little closer than that. It wasn't a blowout. It was close. Obviously, Turkey is the... Uh, is the go-to meat for Thanksgiving. So keep those top fives coming. We'll have a top, another top five next week. Uh, it won't have to do with food, I promise. So it won't screw up your drive where all of a sudden you'll be starving and there's no food around you. Next week we'll get back to the normal top fives.
so I know I was kind of hinting that we were going to have a co-host this week, but circumstances always seem to arise. My co-host, through no fault of his own, couldn't make it to the podcast this week. That's why I'm doing it alone. But we did reschedule it. The special guest pod, the co-host will be here next week for the Ply Rock Nation update. So I just want to apologize to everybody in advance because I had been hinting at it. It will be a great time when he finally makes it onto the show. Um, I'm excited to have him. I was excited to do it tonight, but it was a tough day for everybody involved. So to my special guest host, who I cannot actually name because it's supposed to be a surprise, Plyrock Nation is waiting for you, dude. We can't wait to have you next week. So before we go, there's one more major thing that we have to talk about this week. Because I won't be back until after this movie comes out. Those of you who watch the Plyrock show regularly know that Plyrock's favorite movie of all time is Rocky IV. Now, I fully admit that it is not the greatest movie ever made of all time. That's obviously The Godfather. But it is my favorite movie of all time. From when I was a little kid to today, I have probably watched it close to 200 times in my life. Through all the ups and the downs, whenever I'm feeling low, whenever I'm feeling like I need inspiration, whenever I'm feeling some 80s cheese, whatever it is, I watch Rocky IV. I know every line of dialogue front to back. I got the soundtrack on pretty much every, from cassette to CD to MP3 to Spotify, wherever I need it. I've got it. Hearts on fire. Epic, dude. And for them... Like, this is weird that I love Rocky. I really enjoyed Creed. So for the fans of Creed to get a sequel, which is great. But for me, to get an actual rebooted, sort of rebooted, sort of soft rebooted, but an actual sequel to Rocky Four in Creed Two, And this comes out on, I think, on Tuesday for a few screenings, but officially Thursday. Thanksgiving night, which Ply will be there Thanksgiving night. For us to get an actual sequel to my favorite movie of all time, and I've been waiting like 25 years for this, is absolutely insane. So you might get a special stream right after I see the movie. I might be so juiced up and going crazy running around, if it's good, to throw out my review and tell you guys what I think at like 1230 at night. (laughs) That might happen. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer for this, get on YouTube, look up the Creed 2 trailer. If it doesn't give you goosebumps, you got formaldehyde running through your veins. Drago's back. He's got a kid. He challenges Adonis. That's all you need to know. If you haven't seen Rocky Four, what are you doing? Go down, go, go on Amazon, <laughs> rent that sucker for 99 cents or whatever it is. Borrow it from your uncle. Ask your dad. Somebody has it around there. It's the greatest, cheesiest, 
just most amped up movie of all time, dude. I love it. Awesome fight scene at the end. And for us to finally get a sequel, Stallone's back. Michael B. Jordan's back. Tess is back. Everybody's back. Dolph Lundgren's in it. I can't express to you how excited I am for this movie. Like, I would literally have to scream. I'd be like Will Ferrell in old school, just running down the street ass naked is how excited I am about this movie. So, and if you guys see it, you know, shoot me a, shoot me a comment on Facebook. I want to know what you guys thought of it. You know, spoiler free, of course, because uh, we don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but shoot me a comment. Let me know your thoughts. So excited to see it, dude. Like I had to get that off my chest because this is like, this is the biggest movie of the year for me. Um, Rocky Balboa is like an idol to me from the, from the movie world. I know he's a fictitious character, but he brings so much real life lessons and has inspired me so much through my life, dude, that this is going to be something special. And dude, Ivan Drago's back. If he plies, he plies. Can't wait to see it. I hope you can either. So other than that, guys, uh, that'll bring this particular episode two to a close. I want to thank everybody who lasted through my ramblings and rumblings about video games and movies. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to keep getting better every week. Uh, I'm going to be moving over and trying out this new Zencaster. I guess it's new to me. It's not new to the uh, podcasting world. So I just started a membership there. Uh, that's where we're going to be doing the podcast with the co-hosts. I'm excited to learn it. I'm excited to uh, see where this takes us. It's uh, awesome that we're able to do a supplemental podcast to the weekly live show that we do uh, four to five nights a week on Facebook. So make sure you head over there and hit that like on that page. So you can join us because the more you, the more of you, uh, the the crazier I get, the more energy I have because I love you guys, and I'm so appreciative of uh, of all the support you give and and the uh, the, the fun and that you bring to it because uh, it it's amazing. So this particular week, Plyrock is moving. Uh, we're moving into a new uh, house, so it's going to be a little bit hard to stream. I'm going to see what I can do. Might pop on a stream once or twice, but most of our stuff right now is in storage while we wait for our new house to be ready. So Playrock Studios is officially moving, which is awesome. It's going to be great. Finally get my green screen up. Finally have room because right now I'm in a kind of a little Playrock studio, but pretty soon it's going to be a big Playrock studio. So I'm very excited to for the upgrades that we're going to be able to bring to the show. Um, but we will still be podcasting. I'll still be throwing out a few live streams. Um, it's going to be awesome. Just hang tough with me through Thanksgiving. I appreciate it uh, when we get that done. And we will definitely be back next weekend for another, hopefully co-hosted episode of Ply Rock Nation. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. And uh, see you soon. Thanks.